Well, it looks like many in the world is starting to wake up and see the signs of the end time and understand that we possibly are on the precipice of the apocalypse, the end time, the last days, the end of the world, the time of the end, whatever you want to call it. But what about the church? What is their perception of this? Do they see these things? What is their understanding to the end times? Well, the answer to that may shock you, and it's going to be based on their theological view of the end times. Let's talk about it today. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. All right, what's going on, everybody? It is Valentine's Day. It is Wednesday, February 14th. We want to welcome you to tonight's broadcast. Uh, This is End Time Headlines. I am your host, Ricky Scaparo, the founder, the pastor, and the voice of End Time Headlines. And we want to welcome you to the broadcast. All of our regular viewers, we want to welcome you. We want to welcome all of our newcomers. Listen, if you're new, first time joining us, first time coming into the chat room on YouTube, maybe first time on Rumble, Maybe for the first time listening by Apple or by Spotify, we welcome you to the program. If you are able, let us know in the comment section below that you are new and where you guys are joining us from. Our admins are going to welcome you. We welcome you here uh, to the broadcast. And listen, if you've not downloaded our free app, this is how we encourage you to keep up with our ministry. This way you don't miss anything. Every headline, every podcast, every prophecy viewpoint everything that we do you're going to find it right here on the app it's free for your convenience at your play store your apple store again depending on your device go there search for it download end time headlines and hit yes to push notification and you're going to be good to go you're going to be squared away and good to go and of course guys do me a favor hit that like button hit that share button hit that bell notification It's going to push our material out there on the algorithms and it's going to allow other people to see this. And when you hit that bell notification, you'll be notified when we go live here on Rumble, if you're listening or here on YouTube, if you're listening. Um, And we've got some more announcements, but we'll get to that to the end of this uh, segment tonight. Uh, Now, what are we going to talk about tonight? Matthew 24 is kind of be our little foundational passage here this is a very familiar passage especially you guys that keep up with the times of the end the end times the signs of the coming of the lord and so on and so forth this is literally the very foundational scripture and i'm going to pull this up this is in matthew 24 right off the bat genesis or matthew 24 1 and then jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple And Jesus said unto them, and he's prophesying here, Do you not see all of these things? Surely I say to you, not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. He was literally foretelling the destruction of the temple that would come in 70 AD. And they would be there to see that event take place. Then he gets to verse 3 and he says, Now as he said on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? That's a lot right there, guys. What will be, when will these things be? What? 
the temple being thrown down, the temple being overtaken, the temple being invaded, the destruction of the temple. And then he asked, and then they asked him, and what will be the sign of your coming? That's another question. And then the third one is, and the sign of the end of the age. Well, we all know this. Jesus answers and he gives us his whole discourse on what will take place. Again, wars, rumors of wars, deception. Uh, he talks about the nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilence, earthquakes. And all of these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, if you were to ask me, where are we currently on the timeline of these events? I'm going to tell you we're in the beginning of sorrows. We are in the birth pangs of the Messiah. We are not in the tribulation, but in the birth pangs of the Messiah. Now, over the years, as the birth pangs increase in magnitude and intensity, the, the those who are awake, not woke, but awake in the church, those of us who have discernment of the times and seasons in which we are in, how be it the watchmen? Come on, do I have any watchmen and watch women in the chat, in Rumble and YouTube? You guys who you see all of these things happening and you understand and you have a perception, you have a revelation that the the birth pangs are increasing. The signs of the end of the age are upon us, meaning that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is about to split that eastern sky. He's about to come back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Howbeit, the world, the unsaved, the unregenerated, those who don't know Christ as their personal Savior, they are, according to the Bible, they are walking and groping in darkness. Let me say that again. They're walking and groping in darkness. One of the New Testament writers even went as far as to say that the whole world is under currently the sway or the influence of the wicked one under Satan. You can go to Ephesians, where in which the Apostle Paul identified Satan as the prince of the power of the air, who has power and influence over the sons of disobedience, which we all once walked according to to our own flesh and disobedience as well. But something's happening as we are. And I'm going to go two different ways here, guys. I'm going to talk about the perception of the world tonight. And I'm going to talk about the perception of the church tonight. So let me talk about the perception of the world as these birth pangs are intensifying. Now, again, what is what does that mean? The intensification of the wars and rumors of wars, the ethnos against ethnos, ethnicity against ethnicity, the racial wars, the civil wars, the world wars, the global wars, the um, all of these things happening, the pestilence, the pestilences, the famines, the plagues, the deception that's running rampant, all of these things as this stuff intensifies. Many in the world appear to be waking up. Now, we know a lot of a huge portion of the world is going full woke. But I'm going to tell you something out there. One thing 
that I have a hope of, and that is many will not go woke, but they'll come awake. And I'm going to tell you, I, when I gather the information, I'm out there in, uh, at ground zero in the, st- in the streets. I'm out here. I'm, I see and I hear and I, I perceive what people, what is on the hearts of people, what they're talking about. What's, uh, we call it the, the cooler talk. You know, when, when they're at work and they're discussing events, well, guys, listen, you don't have to go very far in whatever occupation that you're in, or you don't have to find too many family members or neighbors or coworkers or whatever the case may be. And you may be, you're on your lunch break at work and you have these discussions or whatnot. And these things come up in topics and conversations. There is this. There's just, there's anxiety and fear and worry and distress and perplexity that is coming upon the world. And the world is beginning to wake up to the fact, watch this, that we are, we are coming down to the last grains of sand in the hourglass that's, that's, that's falling through. And they know now they, uh, a, a huge portion of them don't have a revelation of Yeshua, of Messiah. They don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And unfortunately, they've got the mainstream media, cable networks, internet, social media, that's bombarding them with lies, deceptions, and everything but the truth. This is why the gospel writer said in the last days that men will become ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So they know in part, they, they know little tidbits of the Bible. They understand when we talk about apocalypse, they understand when we talk about um, the end times or the end of the world, you'll hear them use that phrase all the time. The world is going to end or the end of the world. Now as believers, we understand that as the end of the age. Because the world uh, will never end. It's just going to be, a, there's going to be a renovation. The first uh, judgment came by water, a great deluge. But Peter gives us the revelation in his writing that there's coming a renovation of fire, this purging. How, you know, and he says, how much, uh, how what manner of life should we be living if we're in these times and we should be serving the Lord in fear and holiness for it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. So now watch this. So having said that, you've got the world again, mainstream media, internet, social media, all of this is feeding the world all kinds of false information. It's amazing. They don't get flagged on it, but we do. We bring the truth and get flagged for promoting, quote, false information. But come on, the scientists, the so-called experts, the astronomers, the astrologists, the seismologists, all the experts and experts of anything are convincing humanity that the apocalypse is going to be brought about by alien deceptions, alien invasions, and how about the pushing of false prophets like Nostradamus? And the list goes on. 
We're not, we haven't even got to the church yet. I'm talking about the deception that the world's being fed. So they'll, they'll cling to that. Well, did you hear what Nostradamus said? Nostradamus foretold this. Oh, you know, they, they don't believe. Look, it's amazing. I've got, listen, I've got people that I know personally. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in a creator. They don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe in God. They don't believe we came from a divine creator. But they believe in aliens. Oh, they 100% believe in aliens, extraterrestrials, alien invasions, alien abductions. But they will. But you talk about Jesus. You talk about God. You talk about a relationship with Christ or any of that. You know, they, they just no way. Jose, they just toss it out. They don't want to hear it. And, and, and Satan is sitting back and laughing because he's doing what he's masterfully done for thousands of years, bringing about falsehoods and deception. But he does it by putting just a little bit of truth in there. Oh, come on, honey. There is coming a mass disappearance in the future. But it won't be because we've been zapped off the earth and taken into a mothership. Come on, somebody. It'll be because there will be an opening of the windows of heaven. That eastern sky is going to split. There's going to be a shout. There's going to be a sound of a trumpet. There's going to be, come on, an archangel. There's going to be a voice heard. Come up here. And your Bible says in a moment and a twinkling of an eye, we shall put off mortality and put on immortality and we shall forever be changed. And it is not yet known what we shall be but we know that when he appears we shall be likened unto him and he that has this hope purifies himself even as he is pure come on can i get an amen somebody so my point is there is and it appears to be that there is a percentage out there of people waking up saying wait a minute I remember some preacher on the internet, some preacher on, on a radio station, some preacher on television talking about this or mentioning that or talking about this. This Oh, come on. This is why it's important for you guys to share these type of podcasts with your lost and backslid friends, family, co-workers, and people that you have in your life. Because listen, they're going to hear this old country boy from Kentucky, I, I don't even think I wouldn't even call myself a country boy. Uh, just this Kentucky boy, uh, you know, originally uh, from Kentucky, not anymore, but w- born and raised there in Louisville, Kentucky, and different portions of Kentucky. You need to share this podcast with them and these type of podcasts because we talk about all through the week. We talk about uh, we give you information from a biblical perspective. Now, listen, they not they may not remember me, my name or any of that, but they I guarantee you one thing. If they'll sit and listen to the podcast, they'll remember some crazy guy on YouTube, on Rumble, on Apple, on Spotify, some crazy dude that my family shared with me. And he was telling me about the mark of the beast the system of the beast, the false prophet, the antichrist, the wars, the famines, the pestilences, the one world government. He was talking about all this stuff and I kind of laughed at it, but now I'm not laughing anymore. Come on, are you hearing me? One story in particular stood out to me this week and this is a perfect example of this. 
Let me show you this. Now, this is a headline from the Daily Star. This was not written by a prophecy blog. This was not written by some preacher, some evangelist, some watchman on the wall. This was written by a journalist and a news editor um, from the Daily Star UK. Look at this headline, quote, Bible prophecy is coming true as claims billionaires build huge underground bunkers. Now, I know this is old news, and we've talked about this. We've mentioned this many times on other podcasts. But look at this. Some of the richest men on earth are building doomsday bunkers in a move that was predicted in the last and most dramatic book of the Bible, according to a leading podcaster. It has recently emerged that Facebook boss Zuckerberg, currently ranked fourth on the Forbes billionaire list, has spent $187 million on a 16-acre path patch of land in Hawaii. Now it's uh, reportedly building a luxury ranch, incorporating a 5,000-square-foot underground bunker complete with its own energy and food supplies. The bunker beneath Zuckerberg's uh, Koala Ranch is expected to feature a giant metal door filled with concrete, a feature that is typically found on nuclear bomb shelters. Podcaster Christina Randall, I I don't know who that is, but it, it doesn't matter, whatever, claims that Zuckerberg's bunker is just the latest of around 15 doomsday shelters being built by billionaires around the globe. Quote, it is definitely very interesting that they're choosing to build something that sounds like it could be fully self-sustaining, especially if something, quote, catastrophic happened to the world and it was no longer habitable. Uh, She went on to say that, quote, why not just build a regular old mansion or some kind of a commercial facility that could generate Zuckerberg even more money? It's a good question. She went on to say that, quote, this building is definitely not cheap and it is estimated to cost over $270 million. And it looks like this is going to be the largest private personal construction project in human history. Let that think about that for a moment, guys. Quote, we're talking about over a quarter of a billion dollars. Uh, In her podcast, she pointed out that a lot of the wealthiest people in the world are starting similar projects. She added that it's, quote, no coincidence that Hawaii was also the site of a terrifying nuclear false alarm in 2018 when all television, radio and mobile networks were interrupted to warn locals of an incoming North Korean missile. Some of y'all may not remember that, but that did happen. And the the alert ended with the statement saying, quote, this is not a drill. This actually happened. And not to mention the, the horrible disaster that just took place in Hawaii last year. And don't even get me started on the mass cover-up of that. She went on to say that uh, there were people that were putting their children in holes that they didn't know what to do. Again, this is when this false alarm was sent out. And then there were some people that got their lawn chairs and just sat out in front because they thought, quote, how can we hide from this? So they were just going to get a front row ticket to the end. All right, so it's not only Zuckerberg, but Jeff Bezos spent $147 million when he bought two mansions on Indian Creek Island in Florida. The smaller Hawaiian island of Lanai, Lani, I, I pronounced that, which is the off coast of Maui, is now almost completely owned by billionaire Larry L. Ellison. New Zealand, which is definitely considered to be an ideal place to wait out the apocalypse, is now full of bunkers for tech elitists. 
So this podcaster pointed out what we did as well, and she quotes Revelation 6.15, that the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, the every slave, every man, hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. So that's the point she's emphasizing. Don't miss the point. What I'm saying here today is when you start seeing, when you start seeing news outlets that are saying things like we're seeing Bible prophecy coming to pass. Guys, that tells me people are waking up or the fact that whoever was in control of pulling up articles and research, uh, you know, this woman's podcast apparently got their attention. So all of the staff, the writer, producer, everybody here is being exposed to the Bible. They're being exposed to the word of God. They're being warned of what is in the future. So again, it appears from what we're seeing that there is a lot of people that are waking up. Their eyes are opening up. Their hearts are being softened through all. Think about it, guys, all the way from the pandemic through the the Russian uh, invasion of Ukraine through the threats from Iran, through the Middle East situation taking place, through the uncertainties with our sun, uh, the, the power grid, these catastrophic storms, the economy, all of these things are causing and producing the perfect storm for, the, for, uh, for people's interest to be sparked because they're searching for answers. And this is why it is imperative for you and I to be and remain on the front lines of what's going on so we can continue to sound the alarm and lead them to the truth and not lead them astray. Because, guys, there's a lot of voices out there that are competing for ears. Let me say that one more time. There's a lot of voices out there that are competing for ears. Again, there's so many different voices out there and we have got to be discerning to know what is voices of truth and what are voices of falsehood. Now, that's dealing with the world. We're dealing that's we're talking about the world. Now, for the next half of this segment, let's talk about the believers, the Christians, the uh the self-proclaimed followers of Christ, those who have a covenant with him. What is their belief? I thought this was interesting. This was from the Christian Post. End times beliefs shape how Christians, not the world, act in their daily lives. Let me say that again. End times beliefs, your beliefs in the end times shape how you as a Christian act, how you do things, how you respond to things, how you prepare things. In everyday life, this is according to one es- or this is according to eschatology experts. Let's see what they had to say on this. What people believe about the end times impacts how they operate in their daily lives. Again, according to experts on eschatology, Dallas Theological Seminary the- the- theology professor, excuse me, Michael Fidgel, an author and scholar Daryl Bach, discussed this topic in a re- recent podcast episode called "The Table." Svigil stressed the importance of understanding eschatology, cautioning that Christians must, quote, know where we are in the story to know, quote, how to live and what to believe. We need to know where we are. He went on to say there is a feedback loop 
as you're thinking about details on the end and how this is going to work out. How's it not going to work out? How do we get there? These are all questions, again, that are answered by the details of eschatology. Let me read a little bit more. Is this something that we have to establish in our own age prior to Christ's return versus do we have another mission until Christ returns? Or is it a, a little of both? How you answer those questions is going to affect if you're consistent with your eschatology, how you live on that Monday morning when you get up. How do you live through the week? Day after day after day, your everyday life. Bach warned that by not wanting to learn details about the end times, some Christians are, quote, missing some things that you need to know and understand and appreciate in order to understand how you're supposed to be now or how you're supposed to be preparing now. Guys, that's a huge statement right there. In other words, if we if you are not being warned behind your behind the pulpit of your church, I don't know where you attend church. This may be your home church. So this doesn't this doesn't apply to you because we're definitely not guilty of this. But if where you go to church and whatever, whoever your pastor is, does he talk about the end times? Does he talk about eschatology? Does he study the book of Revelation? Does he even open the book of Revelation? Or is he one of these modern uh, pastors that... They they do not they completely avoid anything to deal with this the apocalypse the end times the book of revelation any of it eschatology they completely avoid it all together for again multiple reasons they don't want to offend people they don't want to quote unquote confuse people they don't want to quote unquote scare people uh, whatever the case may be so they don't want to tackle these issues. And I love what this individual said here, that by us desiring or willfully not wanting to know about the end times, I call it the ostrich effect, burying your head in the sand. Well, preacher, I don't want to hear about the end. I get, listen, it's amazing to me. It's always been perplexing to me how we get people on our site called end time headlines. Oh, you, let me say that again in the back row. Our site is called end time headlines. And they get on Facebook, they get on Instagram, they get on Twitter, they get on, on YouTube. They get anywhere they can comment and they get on their keyboard. And when we share information and we, we warn them about things that are going, we inform them about the events and things going on and how it's leading us up to the fulfillment of these things. It's been spoken of for thousands of years. It's amazing to me that these people will get into the, these chat groups and this comment section and they'll begin to blast us for spreading hyperbole, fear, scaremongering, fear mongering. We're alarmist, uh, you know, all this nonsense. And they don't want to. And, and then some of them will even go as far. Now, these are self-proclaimed, self-professed Christians that will tell me, preacher, I don't want to hear about how bad it is out there. I don't want to hear the bad news. 
I don't want to hear about all the wars. I don't want to hear about pestilence and plagues and, dis- and disasters. And I definitely don't want to hear about deception and false prophets. I'm telling you, these people, you, you, you begin to do what Paul did in the New Testament, and you start calling false prophets out by name because of the heresy that they preach and teach. Watch the comments that flood in there telling us things that are completely taken out of context in biblical context. Completely. And, and it's absolutely astonishing to me. And they have that ostrich sin, syndrome. Just give me good things. Just preach to me smooth things. Just preach to me things that make me feel good and uplift me. And I don't want to hear the negative. I don't want to hear the warnings. I don't want to hear the rumors of wars. I don't want to hear, I don't want to get that information. I don't want any of that. And because of that mentality, these individuals are going to be, listen to me and clean out your ears. God forbid if the rapture of the church does not transpire before things get really bad and it requires you to take personal responsibility to actively prepare for you and your household and you get caught with your pants down because some preacher got up behind the pulpit and told you, and it wasn't me, that before it gets really bad, the Lord's coming back. Well, well, hell on, wait a minute, preacher. I thought you said you believe in the rapture. I do. But I'm of the one of those, I'm one of the small remnant of those who, yes, I believe in a rapture, but I don't believe it's going to be um, as, as lollipopped, smooth, cherry-picked, and wonderful as the Christian movies have portrayed that before things get really rough, before things get heavy, before things get disastrous, before we see troubled times, that the Lord's going to snatch us out and we're not going to see any of that stuff. I believe we're going to see as the body of Christ a whole lot more than what we've been led to believe for decades. Now listen to me. If you're one of those individuals just now and you just turned me off, well, I don't want to hear that. I want to tune you out and I'm going to go find me a preacher that's going to tell me that before it gets bad, that I'm out of here. Well, that's fine. But listen, it would be very wise that you would live and prepare as though you're going to be, come on, that you're going to go through some stuff rather than live and, and, and be prepared and not be prepared at all, basically, and be unprepared. That's what I was trying to say. Let me say, let me back up, rewind. I'd rather do that than live unprepared for something in the event that it does happen and the Lord didn't return in the time frame and time and, and the liken into the way in which you believed that he would. Now, what are you going to do? Everybody else is prepared. You're not. So it is, it is absolutely insane for a us as believers, not to take personal responsibility and prepare accordingly. And B it's absolutely insanity that we've got preachers, teachers, pastors, evangelists, apostles, shepherds, whatever, standing behind pulpits and completely ignoring eschatology and Woe unto them, because everyone under them is going to be unprepared. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? 
Quote, in fact, the failure to understand where eschatology takes us probably makes us more nervous in this time, and then we're more likely to make mistakes. The experts then discuss three dominant ideas in Christianity about the end times. Listen to this. It's very interesting. Premillennialism, which states that Christ will return before his 1,000-year reign is established. Postmillennialism, which sees Christ's second coming as occurring after 1,000 years of a golden age or an era of Christian prosperity and dominance. This is the camp of dominionism, Kingdom Now, and the NAR, or the New Apostolic Reformation. They all fall in that category. That's where the whole seven mountain mandate came that we as the church is going to perfect the kingdom and then the king's going to come back. We're going to conquer all these seven mountains of influence. We're just going to take over the whole world. And then there's a millennialism. A, I, I keep my tongue gets tied over the a millennialism. There we go. Which argues that there will be no millennial reign and that the 1,000-year reign mentioned in Revelation is not literal, or it is basically, it's allegorical, it's symbolism. This is the group that falls into the preterist group, and they believe that the 70 AD was when the when all of Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21 was fulfilled. So where am I at? You ask, well, Brother Ricky, what's your stance? Well, Okay, let's go over it. First of all, I do not believe in dominionism theology. New Apostolic Reformation, Kingdom Now, that we're, as the church is going to perfect the kingdom, we're going to conquer the seven mountains of man, we're going to seven, seven mountains of influence, and we're going to perfect the earth and perfect the kingdom, and then Jesus is going to come back. That's not biblical, guys. It's not. Listen, Satan even offered Jesus the kingdoms of this world if he would bow down to him and worship him. I'm not saying, I know, and listen, don't, I understand that God owns the cattle on the hill. He owns the, come on, he owns the silver and gold. The earth is his and the fullness thereof. But Satan has a level of dominion in the earth. He has a level of authority in the earth that's been granted to him. And we've seen that in the temptation of Jesus. And he'll have this all the way until Jesus Christ, come on, comes back and sets his kingdom up, then ruling and reigning in the thousand year millennial reign. And I definitely do not believe that everything we read about in Matthew 24, the signs of the coming of the Lord, were all fulfilled in 70 AD, a.k.a. preterism. So that only leaves me with one camp. And that is the pre-millennialism. That's where I stand. Now you may, now again, now why is this important? I agree with the author here. I agree with the podcasters. Listen what he says here. If you're a millennial and you believe Jesus can come back and form the new heavens and the new earth, you're less likely to be concerned about the role of Israel and the plan of God just by default. Let me give you the translation. You are, if you're a millennial, you're likely to be a replacement theologist. And you've replaced all where Israel is with the church. And guys, that's a false doctrine. Sorry. Well, you've offended me. Sorry, but it's, it's the truth. 
God made a covenant with the nation of Israel through Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. He said, I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who curse you. That's why it is absolutely terrifying when we see a leader of any nation, especially the president of the United States, get up and say, we are going to push for a a division of Jerusalem for a Palestinian state. Because friend, you do that, you're poking God in his eye because he called Israel the apple of God's eye. If you're premillennial, you're going to be concerned with figuring out, okay, so when is Jesus coming back to set this all up? If you're post-millennial, you're going to be working hard to fix things until we get there. And so those break out into three very different general approaches, depending on which space or which camp you fall in. Now, I'm going to read you one more piece, and then we're, I'm going to give you my final conclusion on this. Here is another article I found interesting. Listen, one thing. I would say the vast majority of our listeners and viewers agree that of all the generations that have come and gone, our generation has seen so much Bible prophecy unfolding. We are seeing such increase of the birth pangs of the Messiah. We have, guys, if you don't agree with that, then you probably are one of those who've had your head buried in the sand. You're probably one of those unfortunate souls and sheep that's been in somewhere in some church where your preacher, your pastor, and your evangelist or nobody gets up behind the pulpit and ever tells you any of this stuff. Now, this was written by, this was from a publication called Harbinger's Daily, written by Jonathan Brettner. Approaching hoofbeats, the signs we saw decades, decades ago pale in comparison to what we see today. What is this about? Well, Brettner, in his this article, He talks about how he purchased a a book from Billy Graham called Approaching Hoofbeats not long after its publication back in 1983. I'm going to read this quote. I cannot remember all that I thought as I read it over 40 years ago, but I know the book sparked hope regarding the nearness of the rapture. As a young pastor at the time, I loved preaching about Bible prophecy and the appearing of Jesus. As I recently skimmed its chapters, the stark differences between now listen to this, guys. The stark differences between then and now, then, 1983, then and now leaped off the pages. Some of the signs that four decades ago seemed so indicative of the hearing, uh, excuse me, of the nearing of the rapture pale by comparison to all that we see today. It's only been in the past six years or so that Klaus Schwab, come on, y'all know Klaus Schwab, don't you? You know, this is the the controversial guy that's spearheading the World Economic Forum. He's come out of the shadows and revealed their true intentions to the world. They have invited the news media into their once secret meetings and revealed their true intention to, and again, this is his words, not mine, to enslave the world under build back better, ouch, which is a euphemism for their intent to create a Marxist totalitarian world government. Quote, I'm definitely not suggesting that Klaus Schwab is the coming man of lawlessness. That would be the Antichrist that Paul describes in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 through 10. However, he does provide an apt illustration of how the Antichrist will gain control of our world under the cloak of promoting peace. This is so good, guys. By 1983, I had heard of a group called the Trilateralist who were pushing for a one-world government at that time. 
Today, however, the emerging framework for the type uh, of world domination that we read about in the book of Revelation or that we read about, excuse me, in the book of Revelation is front and center for everyone to see. Come on, open your eyes, right? Yet so few are paying attention to the nearness of the time when the white horse will ride across the earth. Well, yes, the majority are not. They're clueless, but they are starting to wake up. I'm going to, let me pause this. I'm going to go back. I'm going to say something. Why do you think Jesus said, listen, I, there's, did you know there's two times in the Bible where Jesus said, look up and lift up your eyes and lift up your heads? One is regarding the signs of the coming of the Lord. He says, when you begin to see all these things coming to pass, look up and lift up your heads for your redemption is drawing near. Then you go to the book of John and he says, lift up your eyes, look up for the fields are white and they are ripe and they are surely plentiful. The le- Come on. What did he say? The harvest surely is plentiful, but the Come on, talk to me. The labors are few. Now, isn't it interesting? I, I find this interesting that we live in a society where everybody's looking down. They're looking down at their phones. They're looking down at their tablets. They're always engaged by looking down and they're never looking up. But two times in the Bible, Jesus said, look up, lift up your head and lift up your eyes. One is regards to the coming of the Lord and the other is regard to the harvest that is plentiful. In the book, Approaching Hoofbeats by Evangelist Billy Graham, he wrote about the threat of a devastating nuclear war, which was a major concern at the time in 1980. What was it? Three Today, however, this danger has reached the point where most analysts believe it's likely to occur in the next few years. Think about that. Citing the significant risk for a nuclear war, a group called the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists made headlines just this past month on the 23rd of January by resetting their doomsday clock back to 90 seconds before midnight. Below is a quote from their latest press release, quote, A durable end to Russia's war in Ukraine seems distant and the use of nuclear weapons by Russia in the conflict remains a serious possibility. In February 2023, Russian President Vladimir Putin announced his decision to suspend the new Strategic Arms Reduction Treaty. In March, he announced the deployment of tactical nuclear weapons in Belarus and in June... Sergei Karaganov, I believe that's how you pronounce it, an advisor to Russian President Vladimir Putin urged Moscow to consider launching limited nuclear strikes on Western Europe as a way to bring the war in Ukraine to a favorable conclusion. And consequently, guys, just today, House Intel Chairman announced a, quote, serious national security threat, saying according to sources, saying that it's related to Russia. What is this about? Again, I want to say that again. A, quote, serious, serious national security threat. This was a warning, according to CNN, and multiple news outlets and outlets are covering this. House Intelligence Committee Chair Mike Turner made information concerning a serious national security threat available to all members of Congress to review. Now, I watched a little bit of a clip on this, guys, and 
from some of the sources that I've read, they're saying it's likely it could be de- uh, it could deal with space warfare. It could be deal with weapons that Russia possesses to take out satellites in uh, in orbit. Also, hello, EMPs. And the use of electromagnetic pulse weapons in the in this piece that was written uh, again by Jonathan Brittner. He goes on. He talks about how. Uh, the, the, again, the threat of the rise of the Antichrist, the threat of nuclear war. He talks about economic peril, how we're trillions of dollars in debt and it's not going anywhere. He talks about the pale horse rider. He talks about that uh, the, the, the substantial number of deaths that just keeps piling up through violence, pestilence, and substantial numbers of death during, uh, Again, the uh, all of these events taking place and he gets to the final conclusion. And that is that, again, if you are alive and well and you're listening to this podcast today, we are closer than any other generation, guys, to hearing. Come on, the hoofbeats of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the rise of the Antichrist, the rise of the false prophet. Come on, but we're also that much closer, come on, to the trumpet sounding from heaven. What am I talking about? What am I saying today? I'm trying to tell you, friends, that things are wrapping up quickly. The birth pangs are intensifying. They're increasing. So again, and and we know in the world, some of the world is starting to wake up and they understand there is apocalyptic events taking place. Time is running out. Scientists are even saying the doomsday clock is that much closer to midnight. And here we are as the church. We have to decide where do we stand how do we perceive this? What are we going to do with this information? Are we going to have the are we going to have the ostrich syndrome? I don't want to hear about this preacher. I don't want to hear about this preacher. I don't want to hear about this teacher. I don't want to hear about this doomsday. I don't want to hear about the bad news. I don't want to hear this hyperbole. I don't want to hear that individual that you're trying to share with me from that that church or that podcast or that YouTube channel. I don't want to hear that. I just preach me happy. Give me that. Give me that your best life now, God, that's always smiling. Give me that guy. I want to hear him because he never offends me. Are you one of those guys? If you're one of them people, you are in for a rude awakening. I'm going to tell you something. You're in for a rude awakening. Because, excuse me, when the poop hits the fan, you're either going to be caught with your pants down or your, come on, or your pants or your waist girded about and your lamps full and your wicks trimmed. So if you're watching today and you're listening today, I don't care if you're, what was it, pre-millennial, post-millennial, or a-millennial. The bottom line is, we are seeing all these things coming to pass. And listen, our first mandate, our commission, according to Mark 16, is go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Guys, I cannot physically reach all these people, but I'm going to do the best I can through a microphone, through a, through a camera, through the internet, through these social media sites. And you say, well, I'm not a preacher. Listen, then that's why we say share this prog- this bo- uh, podcast. 
this broadcast, this podcast, whatever. Share this message. Share this tonight. Share it tomorrow. Get the link. Give it to them. Share it with them. And invite them into these kind of broadcasts. They might be away from the Lord. They might be backslid. Whatever the case may be. And if that's the case, come on. And you're listening today. You're one of those individuals. You were invited to this broadcast. Somebody brought you in. Somebody twisted your I don't care how you got in here. I want you to give the Lord, come on, 30 seconds, one minute of your time. Right now, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the listeners and viewers and those that are on the other end of this microphone that are hearing this gospel today. They may be hearing it live. They may be hearing the rebroadcast of this. Lord, you know their hearts through the Holy Spirit. You know where they are with you. You know their relationship. You know where they stand in their relationship with you. If they're away from you, they're lukewarm. If their oil's gone, out the lamps gone out the fires burned out the wicked needs to be trimmed whatever the case would be or maybe they are one of these individuals who are in the world and they've been looking to all the wrong places for answers they've been looking at nostradamus they've been looking for an alien invasion they've been looking for all this other nonsense but now they know for a certainty that the word of god is truth it is the it is infallible it come heaven and earth shall pass away but jesus said not one jot nor tittle of what was foretold and prophesied will pass away until all things be fulfilled in the book of acts friend chapter three peter stood up and he told the masses that were there he said all of heaven is restraining Jesus Christ from returning. It's read it. It's in there. I'm not telling you a lie. I'm not making this up. He says all of heaven is withholding Jesus, holding him back, restraining him until all things be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets of old. And friends, we are beginning. We are not beginning, but we're seeing the ongoing revelation, uh, the ongoing fulfillment of what Zechariah foretold what Haggai foretold what Joel foretold what Amos foretold what uh what all of these prophets warned us and told us about even Peter even John even Matthew even Luke in in Jesus Christ himself so friend what are you doing what are you waiting for don't put off today what needs to be done the Bible says today is the day unto salvation don't try to put it off. You Listen, the devil wants to convince you that you've got more time. That's one of the greatest deceptions and lies ever, that you've got plenty of time. You could put it off. You don't need to do anything today. No, listen to me. The devil is a liar. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen tonight. You don't know what's going to happen an hour from now. Friends, make that decision tonight. Confess your sins. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Pray that uh, he would come by the Holy Spirit, live in on the inside of you and lead you and guide you all the days of your life. Lead you to a Bible filled uh, or excuse me, Bible uh, doctrinally sound spirit filled church and gathering of other believers. If you don't have that in your location, we welcome you to our family here. We're always here in the YouTube chat. You guys, you are our church family. We we're all here. I'm telling you, they will love on you. They'll bless you. They'll be a great blessing to you. 
And we welcome you to the family today. Come on, won't you pray that today? Father, I pray for those right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, have your way with them in this broadcast. Lead them and, 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 and convict them of their sins. Lord, bring them to salvation knowledge. Those that are away, those that are backslid, I thank you that you're bringing them back to the fold. Those prodigal sons and daughters are coming back into the fold. And it's in tonight, and Lord, we, and we pray it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said amen and amen listen guys again endtimeheadlines.org endtimeheadlines.com that's going to be our main website again don't forget to download our free app available on apple and android uh, devices hit yes to push notifications you're going to be square to go listen if this ministry is a blessing to you it equips you it informs you uh, all of the above encourages you week after week after week guys do me a favor Pray about becoming a monthly partner. Again, our ministry is a partner-supported, partner-funded ministry. We don't get paid through, uh, we don't get paid through merchandise. We don't charge for messages. We don't charge you for the app. We don't charge a subscription fee. We just we believe. Listen by faith that when you're blessed by our ministry that you're going to turn around and you're going to say, you know what? I want to be a blessing back. I want to partner with End Time Headlines. Listen, you can do that two different ways. You can give electronically through the app. That's the easiest way. Or you can go to the main website, give there through uh, a credit card, PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, whatever. Or you can give by check or money order right there on your screen. You can make it out to End Time Headlines, P.O. Box 1391. That's Monroe, Georgia, 306. Five, five. So listen, guys, we're going to sign off tonight, the 14th. We will be back tomorrow night. We will be on with Bishop Larry Raglan with the Big Picture audience. Um, he's got me coming on to his program. We're going to have a great segment lined up for tomorrow night on the 15th, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. So we love for you guys to be there uh, and be a part of that program. And then we'll be back, Lord willing, on Friday, the 16th. 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, and we're going to close out the week with a, with a great podcast there as well. So until we see you tomorrow night, may the Lord bless you, may he keep you, and may his countenance shine upon you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.